welcome to Alphabet Fly, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is someone who was in love with someone who obviously was just using him for a very long time, but eventually became a hero, kind of. Rick! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> So, as far as introductions goes, uh, that was quite complex, dear sir. Oh, well, we may be talking about a complex character. No, no, we never talk about complex characters. We talk about two-dimensional characters, because they're printed on a page. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> we are going to be talking about the Executioner. The Executioner. Yes, yeah, so, what do you know about the Executioner? Well, I know that um, that he was played on screen by a guy named Carl. Yes. And that he has a fondness for two things in life, uh, the Enchantress and uh, M16 guns. And uh, <laughs> he has had, in the comics, he has had one magnificent moment. As far as a B-level, possibly trending on the C-level characters go, he, he was a... Um, uh, somebody from Asgard. Let's yeah. start over from the beginning here. He is a denizen of Asgard, and he is known as the Executioner because that was his job title. He executioned people. <laughs> but his uh, real claim to fame is that he was in love with the Enchantress, and the Enchantress really didn't care anything about him, but she liked to use him. And in using him, uh, he... Let's see here. I think that he... Now I have to remember, was he already dead in hell, or did he uh, go with Thor to hell? I think he went with Thor to hell. He went to, the, to he hell went with Thor. Thor. Yeah. Uh, so, in, in Walt Simonson's run on Thor, um, he, after being one of the people that was used by the Enchantress, and that uh, she you know, used him against Thor multiple times, he actually felt some sorrow for that. And when Thor decided that he was going to march into hell with a team of Asgardians to rescue human souls that Hela captured, he went in with Thor. And after they captured, after they got back the human souls and they were on their way out, they came to a point where somebody needed to stay and, you know, fight off the demons and hordes of hell so that everybody else could escape. And Executioner said, I will do it. And it's one of the most beautiful scenes in in a fantastic run by Walt Simonson where it's him with these two M16s just destroying the hordes of hell so that Thor and the and all of the Asgardians could escape. Yeah, I I, I don't know anything about this guy at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they go by egg on his face. His name is also Scourge, but mm -hmm. spelt differently. It's yeah. like K uh, S K urge. Yeah. So, so yeah, but um yeah, he pretty much got most of his deal, but he has a lot of wacky adventures as well. Oh sure, of sure. course, being a uh, silver age, being a silver age Thor villain. Yeah. I mean, of he's course. He's got he's got a he's got a deep history. And of course, everybody knows uh Carl Urban, I think it was that played him in the Thor Ragnarok movie. They they used a lot of the story except they kind of had him being Hell's assistant. When our Hela's assistant, when she came and took over Asgard, 
Um, but in the movie, the same kind of thing. He he stood up at the last moment and helped everybody escape, all of the Asgardians escape, and he you know has a great scene where he's just got his two M16s and he's blasting off all of Hela's spawn as they're trying to stop Thor and the gang. Yeah, so anyways, yeah, it's yeah. good stuff. Good, good stuff. Yeah, it's it's good. Turns out when you let people who you know have a sense of humor direct Thor movies. They, they become fun all of a sudden, and not the gigantic disappointments they were before. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're gigantic disappointments. I, 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 they're they they are Thor like it, like before Thor three, like the both Thor movies were like very very close to the bottom of my list. I I can I can go with you on the second Thor movie, but the first Thor movie it's got its flaws. Oh, but oh. it's also it's also still early enough in the MCU that a lot of the things that it trips over is just still MCU finding the right setting and tone. And I can kind of I can give it some forgiveness for that. I cannot um, forgive it for the complete lack of chemistry that Jane Foster had with Thor. Yeah, yeah. I cannot forgive it for that because a lot of that was that. I was just like, no, I can't forgive it for that. Now, is it funny in parts? And do I like it in parts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I want to watch it again? Not really. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it major disappointment, though. I mean, you know, if you want major disappointment, go see a DC movie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully they realize <laughs> that if they do good solo movies, then blah blah blah. Considering that people like both Joker and. And uh, Shazam. So hopefully they just do what they're good at and really good self-contained stories, because that's what DC is good at. But that being said, Scourge, the Executioner, the Executioner. Uh, his occupation is warrior. Sorry, sorry. So <laughs> go on. <laughs> he uh, Executioner. Um, his identity. Executioner's public battles against the Avengers were widely reported, but the people of Earth tend not to believe that he was an Asgardian god. Did you know? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I understand. It's like, it's, it's one of those people that, uh, that fights the Avengers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, his legal status is a citizen of Asgard, former citizen of uh, Jutenheim. Okay. Uh, his other alias is the evil one. And, um, his p- place of birth was Jutenheim. Yeah. Uh, and his death, and his place of death was the outskirts of hell just before the bridge of... Go on. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. I have faith in you. Mm, I don't know. I think this is a <laughs> hill. I, might, I think I might have to die here. I think I might have to die on the outskirts of hell. Just before the bridge of y- Yalabru, which you crosses go. the river Jol. There you go. That wasn't so hard now, was it? Oh, no, I'm going to die there. I'm going to hopefully get overread by a bunch of demons. <laughs> uh, his male status, to his chagrin, is single. Aw, wah, wah, wah. And his known relatives is none. Uh, his group affiliation is frequent. Uh, ally of Amora the Enchantress, former mm-hmm. member of the Masters of Evil 1, former yep. ally of Loki in the Mandarin, and now a member of the Ein, uh, Einherjar, Einherjar, which is basically the uh, warriors that 
that Odin has to fight Fenrir and the Ra- Ragnarok, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. Space operations. I don't need to get on that one. So he first showed up in Journey into Mystery, issue number one oh three, and this is a pretty decent cover, I'd say. Um, like a lot of Thor, like a lot of Thor covers, it's on the Rainbow Bridge, which the Rainbow Bridge is looking awfully thin in this one. <laughs> hey, uh, don't, don't, but... don't, don't shame the Rainbow Bridge. That's not nice. Uh, and, and I love the, like the, like in the sixties, cause it first came out in April, uh, April, 1964, the Enchantress and the Executioner. And the thing I like about the, in the sixties where they were still kind of like in that beginning when they're still trying to get off the back, off the, uh, like off the, uh, not off the back, they're trying to get like out in the market and everything. Mm-hmm. It always had these little boxes, like, we promise that you'll never forget the breathtaking enchantress. I'm just like, okay. Like, that, well, that- in, in, in that, in that non revealing suit, mm, sure. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like immortal versus immortal. Thor's most titanic, ba- titanic battle, the enchantress and the executioner. Can Thor defeat two of the strangest super menaces of all time? I would say they don't even rank in like yeah. the top one hundred of Stranger Super Menaces. No, no, I don't think so either. Although they do come back, a, they come back a lot, and no, no, I, I think they're annoyances. That's about it. And uh, this was during the time where you got like kind of shorter stories, mm-hmm. um, and you got you know a couple other things there. So in this book, you had the Enchantress and the Executioner. Where basically Loki and Odin conspire to send the Enchantress to woo Thor's uh, heart away from Jane Foster. But when the Enchantress enlists the Executioner to help her in the plot, things quickly spiral out of control. And then we have a text story, a regular ass story in this picture book. Poor Oscar. The wrong sort of thing was always always seems to happen to poor Oscar Meeker. <laughs> And then we have to live forever. A scientist finds a way to beat the system, or does he? Uh, and as I said in a previous episode, if you have, or does he, or is it, or blah 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 blah, the answer is almost always yes, but in the wrong way, right? Or right. no? Yeah. But it's it's one of those. It's never like yes, it, it went exactly the way they wanted it to. And there's, then we had uh, Tales, of Ma- Tales of Asgard, uh, Thor's mission to Mimir, and Thor must overcome many obstacles to take a branch of Idrisil to King Mimir. So yeah. But let's get to the Executioner, who has lots of wacky hijinks. Oh yes, yes he does. Lots and lots of wacky hijinks. So, um... Scourge was the illegitimate son of one of the Frost Giants of Jotunheim and the goddess who was born in Skornheim, a land of a- on the Asgardian continent which lied in yet another dimension. So he was an illegitimate son, so that's always good. It's it happens. Good s- it's a good start. Ostracized from the Frost Giants due to his diminutive size compared to them, Scourge turned against them. A- 
great warrior scourge gained the epithet of the executioner through his prowess in killing many of the storm giants during the war between Jotunheim and Asgard. Scourge was made into a citizen of Asgard, but he chose to leave a set, uh, set a, a solitary life there, in part due to his grim disposition, and in part because he did not f- feel himself truly accepted by the Asgardians as one of them. Well, you know, it's part of the racism that people don't talk about with Asgardians. Um, they are racist. They're, they're very racist people, especially yeah. when it comes to frost giants. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and it's just, it's a part of their history that they really need to come to terms with. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be great if, you know, we could, you know, talk about this stuff openly. But it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. Well, well, he, uh, although Scourge found pleasures in the in exercising his skills as a warrior, the only real source of joy in his life was his passionate devotion to Amora, the Enchantress, who beauty who beauties was wiv- rivaled among the Asgardian goddesses only by her sister Lorelei, who was so bad at her job, an enchanted piece of wood did it better than her. <laughs> Mora was physically attracted to Scourge, who was in effect, who in effect became her love slave. I feel like that means something different nowadays. No, it meant the same thing back then. Yep. That that's about no, that's be- about right. Yeah, no, it meant the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she never treated him as if, uh, as if he was her equal. No, uh, and often withheld her favors from him in order to keep him enthralled. So that he would do what she commanded in hopes of integrating himself with her. That is a very, very sly way of saying she wa- he wanted really, really want to get in those, get in, get up in the Enchantress. Cause like, integrate in- himself within her? Yeah, uh, th- we know what he wants. Everybody knows what he wants. But, uh. <laughs> that is a sly it's, it's, way of saying it. It's not even it's not even a friend box. It's beyond a friend box. Uh, within years, within the recent years, Loki, the evil foster brother of Thor, prince of Asgard. I I know that they have to do this for people who are looking it up. Like, you know, just want to know about this. I feel like you know who Loki is if you if you have like the Marvel handbook. Well, yes. Like I don't know. I I think I think that Loki, uh, we're a little spoiled on Loki nowadays because we know him a lot more, if you will. I, I think that uh, that the character of Loki was well known in the comic books community, but I think that he, overall, he might not have been known as a, such a big deal until after the Marvel movies started coming out. But like, I feel like if you were had the Marvel handbooks, like you had them, and you were looking, if you were looking someone up. Like, I feel like you would just have C. Loki there if you really didn't <laughs> like, if you really didn't know that. It just, it feels like it adds a lot of words eh. to it. But I, that's just me. I've almost done 500 episodes of this, so. Fair enough, fair enough. Maybe, maybe, I've, maybe I'm just spoiled in my overly in-depth knowledge of a lot of characters that no one cares about. It cares <laughs> about. Like, I know that the uh, rhino suit had a had a hole for him to poop out of. That was 
revealed in this book. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they thought of everything back then, then didn't they? Yep. <laughs> it's just, and, ooh, ooh, there's so many things. But yeah, um, so we already kind of discussed a little bit from describing the first issue they're in. But, uh, but basically Loki and Odin were trying to get Donald Blake, a.k.a. Thor, um, to stop being in love with uh, Jane Foster. Yeah. Uh, and the, but instead, Scourge uses Shanted Axe to trap Foster in another dimension. And then Scourge battled against Thor himself and finally made a bargain with Thor. He would return Jane Foster to Earth in exchange for Thor's enchanted hammer. Thor agreed to Scourge's terms, and the executioner brought Foster back to Earth. But the enchantress appeared, furious at Scourge's betrayal, and used her magic to punish him. I feel like that might be what he's into, but you know, right. it's whatever. Yeah. Terrified, Scourge begged Thor to help and release him from his from their bargain. Thor claimed his hammer and used it to transport uh, Amora and Thor back to Asgard. Uh, then Odin punished a chantress in the executioner for their actions on Earth, exiling them there. Uh, that's when the enchantress and executioner joined the original uh, Masters of Evil with Baron Heinrich Zemo. Uh, who, you know, sought vengeance against Thor and other members of the Avengers. And then... And that was, uh, that was Papa. That was, um, Papa Zemo. Okay, alright. Not Helmut Zemo. No, we have to make sure we know that there's... No, you're Nazis. Well, I say that because... Because Helmut Zemo is way more successful. His, his dad. <laughs> once again, once again, your, your knowledge of these obscure, you know, characters and, and in depth knowledge is starting to make you a little bit of a know it all, man. Just I a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, I just will actually, everyone who says, you know, every time someone <laughs> says that Cyclops has laser beams on his eyes, no. no. It's concussive, <laughs> it's concussive punch energy from the punch dimension from his portal eyes. <laughs> Um, we just call them force beams for short. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I point that out. I don't even like Cyclops that much, but I will point that out. I will give that to him. He has portal eyes, and don't you forget it. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, so Papa Zemo and um, and the Masters and his Masters of Evil, uh, they battled several times, and and uh the enchantress and the executioner escaped when the masters of evil met their final defeat by the avengers well masters of evil 1 there was like three more masters of evil after that the last one being led by egghead <laughs> go on <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they fled without so they sorry <clears throat> so uh amara soon after Amara and Scourge were sent by Loki to capture Jane Foster. Okay. Thor's friend Baldur the Bray. That should be brother, right? No, no. Wait, They're not brothers. I... Baldur is his friend. 
This is a part where I'm just like the part of me that knows a lot about North mythology just clashes with everything, everything Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Or and I'm just like, mm, that's wrong. That's wrong. I don't like We're, this. It just, it just, just, just take it. It's okay for now. Nope, nope. I never, I never got no for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Thor's Thor's sup- supposed friend and not brother, Balder the Brave. Arrived and helped Scourge in the uh, in the Executioner in, in the uh, and fought Scourge. Scourge, sorry, they fought Scourge and the Executioner. The Enchantress fled without Foster when Thor himself appeared. Then uh, later, they, among many other superhuman menaces, were assembled by Doctor Doom to attack the Fantastic Four. On the day of the wedding of the two of the members, Reed and Susan, I would say a, a, a very not a great wedding for for <laughs> Sue, but whatever. Uh, the executioner parted from the enchantress and journeyed to an alternative future of the twenty fifth century, where he was defeated by the Hulk, who had also traveled there through time. Returning to the peri- uh, to the time period he left, the ex- executioner was reunited with the enchantress, and together they aided the Mandarin in an attempt of world conquest that was thwarted by the Avengers. And so, you know, once again, the Avengers come and save the day. Yeah, I I, I like the bad guys for the most part. I mean, we need the bad guys in these stories, but every time you know we li- we list off. All the things the bad guys do is like, here's this grand, grand plan, and here's how the good guys clean the floor with them. And yep. here's their next time that they have this grand, grand plan, and, and here's how the good guys, once again, clean the floor with them. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, I'm gonna kind of skip a lot of this, actually. Because yeah. it is kind of that just over and over again. I mean, really, we just gotta get to the good the highlight, which is his death, like I said. He's got a fantastic death i think you know he was a fine character i think he was always been a good character but his biggest moment is of course his death which i think helps define him as a good character yeah well he got beaten by the hulk a couple more times i mean that's something yeah it's not bad now is it as good as a tiger shark's time the one time he met the hulk where they said he was promptly beaten to uh unconsciousness and that was the only sentence they said after he met the hulk <laughs> i mean sure Sure. Sure. And the th- great thing about it is that Tiger Shark thought that Namor said to him because they were on the same team for a while. Well, you know. No, the Hulk was just there. The Hulk was he there. J- yeah, he just beat he just beat the Tiger Tiger Shark into unconsciousness because that's kind of his pastime. Yeah. Beating people into unconsciousness. Um, yeah, so we kind of went over it a little bit, um, but I will read off the thing. So, uh, so basically the Enchantress, like, basically humiliated him, which kind of yeah. caused him to, like, you know, see that he was being used, mostly. And in deep emotional pain and believing that having... Amora, I mean, believing that Mora faithlessly deserted him for Heimdall, Scourge sought to find solace in turning his attention to battle. Therefore, the always, execution- always a good choice. Always a good choice. Yep. 
Yeah, you you know when you're when you're uh when you're sad and you don't know how to, what to do with it, you punch a hole in the drywall. Yeah, and everything's okay. That's not yeah. a sign of anything bad. Now, on on that same note, if you are gonna punch something, the drywall's good. Uh, punching a load bearing beam in a basement is not so good. Yes, because either you're strong enough to knock it down, which is not great. Or you hurt your hand. Or you do both. You might actually say you break a bone in your hand. Not yeah. that I would know about this from per- first-hand experience. Just saying. No, no. What you do is you realize <laughs> that you actually have super strength, but that's after you collapse the floor above you. Trust me. Down. I wasn't, wasn't thinking about that at the time. Anyways, go on. Go on. <laughs> so he joined uh, his past enemy. The Thor in the uh, Edger jar. jar. Mm, that was. It might have helped if you uh, drank before we started this. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, Odin's army. Uh, in their expedition to Hell, in the realm of Hela, the death goddess, uh, through the machinations of Malekithia Cursed the ruler of the Dark Elves, the souls of various mortals on Earth were separated uh, from the bodies, from their bodies, and sent to dwell in Hell. Thor was determined to rescue these souls and restore them back to their living bodies. Within Hell, the Executioner believed he saw the Enchantress who claimed that she had been killed, and that her she loved Thor passionately and wanted him to stay in Hell, with her for eternity. But Boulder, who had also accompanied Thor to Hell, pointed out that the Enchantress Scourge saw was not as she seemed. Scourge used his enchanted axe to destroy the illusion, revealing that the, revealing that the seeming Enchantress to be Mordana, a he- spawn of Hell. Hela. Hela tried to persuade Thor that the Executioner was in league with, with herself. Then Hela declared that Scourge would sail with her warriors. The spirits of the damned aboard the ship called the Nagrafar. And would... what is what is that ship made out of? Oh, uh, toenail clippings. That is awesome. Yeah, it's... and a little gross. Yep, and every... awesome. Every time you clip your toenails, you're adding to Ragnarok. That's why you should always eat your toenails. <laughs> Always eat your toenails. They, and now, they can't get up when he's in your tub tub. And that's one to grow on. Dee dee ding ding. <laughs> uh, which had taken millennia to build to conquer Asgard. Infuriating at thus being manipulated by Hela and uh, Mord- uh, Mordana. The executioner refused to serve the death goddess and used his enchanted axe to cleave through the dimensions, thereby releasing the titanic energy and destroyed Nagrafar. Uh, uh, in the process, Scourge's axe was also destroyed. Thor, Balder, and the Executioner, and Odin's army, uh, rescued the mortal souls, uh, left um, along the Hellway. That's some people call that the freeway in the morning. Am I right? Am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that hell with like one an L. LA freeway to me. Uh-huh. That, that's hell with one L, not two. Okay. Of course. Get, yeah, you have to get it Actually, right. you're already there. 
LA yeah. LA freeway. Oh, they just oh. need the HE. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm, yep, you're already there. Yeah, Thor and his bar- party finally met Charlotte Brew, the Golden Bridge spanning the river Joel. In the boundary, blah, blah, blah. And we already kind of discussed this. Yep. And, and I think it goes to show you, too, that once again, you know, he had some serious power. He had serious, serious power. He could cleave dimensions with his uh, axe, and, and he could do all these amazing things if he just used his power for good. I mean, come on. Yep. Well, we may be getting into that a little bit. But uh, but basically, a bunch of demons were being sent after, trying to stop the mortal so- souls from leaving. And he with uh, M16s, and also the the a lot of the other like the Odin's like spirit army of like mm-hmm. the of like warriors and stuff were also had like M16s and stuff as well. Something that was not put in the in this for some reason. Uh, and, uh, he kind of stood there on a pile of corpses and just, you know, shot people until he had no guns. And when he had no gun, I mean, until he had no bullets and when he had no bullets, he, he flipped it around and smacked people around with the butt of the gun. It was seriously awesome. It is it's some really beautiful good. art. It's been redone by many different people, but just take a look at the original Simonson artwork. Ah, it is so good. Yep. So. Um. He is seven two, weighs eleven hundred pounds, has blue eyes and black hair, and you may think, "Oh, those are tattoos on his head." No, those are weird mohawks. <laughs> uh, he can lift at least uh, sixty five tons, and um, he has most of the stuff that Asgardian gods have. So, there you pretty go. much can look. Yeah, th- there's a lot there, but yeah. So, I have a question for you. Please ask your question, dear sir. Are they, they still dead? dead? Is he still dead? Well, you see, he resides in hell with one L, and that might be kind of a little bit like L.A. But not quite. So he is still alive, per se. I mean, you never really die in Asgard. Well, you're you are doubly wrong on that. Really? He was well, hell was destroyed briefly, um, and also he technically wasn't. He's technically not in hell because he was brought to Valhalla. Also. Okay. But he was recently brought back to life during Asgardians of the Galaxy. Well, so, not during that, but a little bit before right. that. So, so he he's, was. So he's back alive. Yeah, he's back alive. Yeah, he's alive again. Yeah, he's a good guy for the most part. Yeah, that was kind of his turning point. Yeah, he's a good guy for the most part. I don't think he's like. I don't think he's into those uh, leggy blondes anymore. <laughs> oh, everybody's got a last- type. It turns out that last one, that last one just, like, really (laughs) messed with them. You have one bad relationship. Well, I mean, I did, I I have, so far I have not dated any more, like, Call of the Bee redheads that I've almost (laughs) exclusively dated. Because that last one was a doozy. Okay, so let's get two plugs. 
Me and my fellow M16 wielding god, also known as Jeff, we run a podcast where we talk about Power Pack and all things therein, and it's called Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. And you can find us at Jeff and Rick Present or at Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. And uh, you can hear us swig our flagons of mead as we discuss the godlike trials of four young Marvel comic book characters. There you go. See what I did there? See how I did yep. that? Yeah, yep. nice, huh? And, uh, you know, I, you can also hear me at various other places around the internet. I pop up from time to time. I've actually done a couple of Cheers cast episodes, which, check those out if you can. Yep. Well, my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids in some allure detail. And I also have another podcast called... I also have another podcast called Limited Theories, where I talk about limited Marvel series, mostly, with my friend Rob, issue by issue. This is Alphabet Flight and Justice is Served. Da da da. Bye. Bye. Bye.